In this episode, I talk with Dr. Karen Gelman, who specializes in biomechanics. She's part of a team of people who created the Postural Rehabilitation Program, and we'll be talking about the multifaceted approach to helping your horse. Now, Karen is a graduate of Cornell College of Veterinary Medicine and has a doctorate from Cornell in animal locomotion biomechanics. She has advanced training and certification in veterinary acupuncture and veterinary chiropractic and has practiced these and other holistic modalities since 1995. She teaches internationally about posture, locomotion biomechanics, equine dentistry, and veterinary complementary therapies to veterinary professionals and allied professions. Dr. Gelman is the research director for Maximum Horsepower Research, receiving an AHVMF grant in 2014 to study posture in horses. And the first paper from this work, Standing Horse Posture, A Longer Stance is More Stable, was published in 2022 and was recently featured in Equus Magazine. In 2019, Dr. Gelman founded Plena Cure Botanical Solutions, a company making novel botanical pain solutions for pets and horses, and in 2021, began developing the DVM Detective, a platform for online virtual holistic veterinary care and education. So here we go, Postural Rehabilitation with Karen Gelman. I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. As I said, uh, Dr. Gelman is part of a team of people who created the Postural Rehabilitation Program. And another integral part of that team is Dr. Judith Shoemaker, who I actually have personal experience with from back in the, the late 90s. Uh, and the rehabilitation that Dr. Shoemaker did with one of my horses was transformative. And that horse I've talked about here on my podcast, uh, his name is Vivaldi, otherwise known as Bubba. Now that horse was so integral to my own transformation in horsemanship. And at one point, he had so many soundness problems that I really wasn't sure uh, he was going to make it. And it was Judith Shoemaker who who helped him and changed him. And I was able to ride him for several more years. And he was actually able to be retireable. And that horse ended up coming with me to Florida and living out his his the rest of his life here with me as a very happy camper. The changes that were made with that horse uh, were just so remarkable. And he and I were both so appreciative of it. And that is the genius of Dr. Shoemaker. And this is my first time meeting and speaking with um, Karen Gelman. But in my book, any friend, and <laughs> any colleague of Judith is good enough for me. So uh, Dr. Shoemaker really is one of those people who changed the course of my life uh, without even knowing it. So I'm very excited to 
um, share Dr. Gelman with her and mostly share her postural rehabilitation program um, where they're taking their amazing life of expertise and putting it together um, and sharing it with um, a this coming up course is with um, equine professionals. But anyway, let's just get to the conversation. Welcome, Karen. It is uh, so cool to have you here. I'm really excited to to talk about uh, posture and rehabilitation and uh, learn all kinds of things about it. So thank you for making the time. It's great to meet an old friend of Judith's as well. We didn't yeah. quite overlap as we just determined, but um, you know, once you're in the Dr. Shoemaker circle, it's forever. Yeah. And that is definitely one of the things I wanted to start with. Um, you know, I feel like, gosh, Dr. Shoemaker is <laughs> such a genius that like anyone that she's affiliated with, I'm like, has got to be, you know, <laughs> pretty genius themselves. So um, you are part of this um, postural rehabilitation program. And and in doing that, you're part of this amazing team. So along with Dr. Judith Shoemaker, who is a internationally renowned practitioner and educator in integrative veterinary medicine, but also with um, a woman named Elizabeth Reese, who's a certified Alexander Technique um, practitioner, a dressage writer, mental health counselor who um, explores relationship between postural stability and emotional resilience. And then, of course, everything you do with, with biomechanics. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit of the backstory about how all how the three of you first connected and how did that come to be? Well, Liz and I rode horses together in Prospect Park in Brooklyn. Oh, wow. Back in the 80s. Wow. So um, I, at that point, was working <laughs> as a lingerie designer. Really? There's <laughs> a fun was, fact. <laughs> that was like, I mean, there was one career. So we're, at first I was, I was a classicist, then a theater director, then a lingerie designer, then a vet, then a researcher. And now I kind of like mix it all up, except no more lingerie. Um, <laughs> so I started riding again i was living in the city and i just wanted to spend more time with horses and liz similarly had grown up riding and had found both of us found this kind of low rent crappy stable that we could ride horses in prospect park and it's like wow prospect park this is so great so that's how liz and i met and liz was a former dancer and around the time that I sort of packed up New York City to go to vet school, Liz packed up New York City, became trained in Alexander Technique, and moved up to um, a little bit upstate New York. So she uh, moved to Orange County. So life went on. This is the 90s. We all got our training. We entered these different professions. And I had... Uh, decided to become a vet because I wanted to spend my life with horses. It was a little late for me to be a great rider or a trainer. You know, I, I was already in my late 20s, but I was good at going to school so I could go to school. And in order to go to vet school, I had to take all the sciences that I never took when I was a classics major artsy-fartsy. So what I discovered is that when I went back to study science is that I loved it. It was so amazing, and especially physics. For me, 
The idea that you could write an equation about anything was just mind-blowing. So when I actually got to vet school, what I found was that the curriculum of vet school was very much an applied science rather than a basic science. So how do we use the stuff that we know to fix animals? You know, the vaccines, the this and that. <clears throat> and it made me want to continue with some of the research that I'd been doing while I was waiting to go to vet school. I worked in a research lab at um, Columbia, uh, Columbia Physicians and, and, and Surgeons. And I worked in research labs when I got back up to Cornell to go to vet school there. And I decided pretty early on, so my first year of vet school, I decided that I would stay on for a PhD. And around that time, in the, um, the first course you take in vet school is anatomy. So one of the teachers of anatomy was a guy named John Bertram, who came from a very, um, what's the word, uh, prestigious lineage of biomechanics scholars through the Harvard Field Station. So it's not really worth going into, but at any rate, John was, his field was biomechanics and he was a professor of anatomy. Long story short, I did my PhD in his lab about animal locomotion biomechanics. And I ended up doing my dissertation on the neck of the horse, mm. the function of the neck, the nuchal ligament in particular, and what is the neck doing as it is moving through the different gates of locomotion. So that was my dissertation. And during that time, I was doing a little bit of practice. I had gotten trained in acupuncture and chiropractic. And I, while I was still in grad school, I was getting my certification in the acupuncture. And part of the certification process, in addition to taking an examination, is to do an externship with an IVIS member. So I had been hearing, because I was practicing down in New Jersey amongst performance horses there, that there was this amazing vet who worked there. She came from Pennsylvania, and she was like amazing and crazy and, and could do all these things, and you wouldn't believe it. You, why don't you know her? So I arranged to do my IVIS externship with Dr. Judith Shoemaker. So Dr. Judith wow. Shoemaker... He's in Southeast Pennsylvania. It's about an hour Southeast of Philadelphia, right by the Maryland border. And she was one of the first veterinarians to be trained in acupuncture, in chiropractic. And when I got to see her, it was like the two of us just really, really connected. She was fascinated by my um, cervical research and was really interested to know more about that. And what I found when I went to spend time in her practice is that every horse that she treated responded the exact same way. She was doing something that was absolutely predictable. Absolutely. I, I just, it, it blew my mind because it was all like, like she told them what to do. And I mean, she wasn't telling them what to do, although I mean, you've watched her work. Sometimes we do tell the horses what to do, yeah. but we don't expect that our words are communicating that. So I was really fascinated. What she taught me my first time spent there, which was in 2001. I know it was 2001 because um, my son was nine months old and I came down there with a babysitter to watch over my son. And she said, 
You need to get that kid to a chiropractor now before he walks because he has da 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 for da 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 da. I was like, okay, okay, I will. <laughs> so she was she taught me that first time about posture and how the feet and the teeth and the pole were so significant for normalizing posture and posture. Normal posture meant the horse had normal locomotion. Mm -hmm. So for the next three or four years, we stayed in touch and we taught together in a course um, that was given at Tufts, uh, Tufts Veterinary College sponsored a chiropractic course. And Carl DeStefano, who is one of our wonderful, illustrious chiropractic teachers, he had to bow out of teaching the course and he asked me to take over for him. So I taught the section on neurology. So during that period, I started chasing down what it was that Judith was actually doing with the horses and why it was changing their posture. Um, I had another colleague, Dr. Kevin Hausler, who um, he's a DVM, PhD, and doctor of chiropractic. And he'd been asked to edit a manual therapy textbook. And he asked me to write a chapter on um, sports injuries in chiropractic, the biomechanics of sports injuries. And I said, yes, if you let me write a chapter on posture. Mm -hmm. So we put together this chapter on posture, Judith and I together, and it ended up being four chapters. But when it was done, I remember thinking, you know, we have this stuff. It's all there on paper. Why don't we teach this? So at that point, Judith had... Um, Remember that space she had that was next to the uh, the trash collectors? It was a big industrial space, and uh, the yeah. horses walked in through the garage door. I just remember there being like a whole living room inside of it. Was at that point? Yes. So yes. I'm like, there's a living room inside here. There's a living room inside. <laughs> it was and awesome. Her, and her current office is like that as well. And that's kind of my standard when I made my practice, my small animal practice. I set it up so it feels like a living room. Yeah. Anyway, so... Between the two of us, we knew all of the teachers who taught all of the holistic medicine in the country, and we invited them to come for a weekend and to see this thing we were putting together. And we invited Liz, who was my friend, to come in because we thought that, you know, her knowledge of body use could be really helpful with this. So that was this crazy weekend where we kept people for 15-hour days <laughs> <laughs> and the content of that weekend ended up being about 120 hours of teaching. So we broke that up into four courses that were like three, four-day courses. So that's how postural rehab started. Wow. Wow. And from there it went to, you know, we would do the, the courses on a weekend and we broke down the material some more. Um, so we taught from, I think, 2006 to 2014. So in 2013, I applied for a research grant from the American Holistic Veterinary Medical Foundation, and we were awarded this grant to study posture in horses. And my idea was to study all the changes in the feet, in the teeth, and in the weight bearing that happen when we make this intervention called the postural rehabilitation intervention. And uh, we were going to do it at the McPhail lab in Michigan State. And two weeks before the study was supposed to start, we lost our space because Dr. Clayton decided to retire. So we had to find another venue. And 2014 was this insane year where 
We went to Texas five times. We taught in Denmark. We presented our research at the HBMA, and we talked to that in seminars. Mm-hmm. And we just were overwhelmed with the amount of work from the research studies. So we decided that we had to put the brakes on teaching the live seminars. And that was in 2014. And we haven't taught a live seminar since. Wow. So this is a great opportunity to revive this education, but also to make it a little bit broader because in the previous incarnation, the one that was live in person, it was limited to veterinarians and chiropractors. We also invited physical therapists, but I think we only got one in all the time we were teaching. But it was only for licensed professionals. But we feel that the postural knowledge needs to be spread through the entire horse care team. So the hoof care professionals, the equine dental professionals, trainers, barn managers, doctors, uh, chiropractors, physical therapists, all of the manual therapists, all of these people are stakeholders in the horse's overall well-being and health. So if we can get everybody on the same page, this will be a brilliant way to really up the level of the horse care teams. So we're not just teaching you about the content of the postural rehab program, but we're teaching you the communications, how to work with the people, how to build a team so that you can help the horses in your area. And we're hoping to build this into a real worldwide movement where people from all over can access the kind of care that will make horses' lives more healthier, happier, and increase their well-being. And I mean, that's so important because the reality is (laughs) the owners are out there, you know, myself included, having to piece together who do I ask for this? And then that one doesn't talk to this one. So how do I put this yeah. information together and somehow get this one to cooperate with that one? And it's it's a it's real, really and there's no like um, fundamental science-based, like let's get on the same page. And yes. and if I, if I could tell a little bit of the story about how I met um, Judith Shoemaker, because it's, oh, it's I love so- I hear in- Judith's stories. Yeah, I know. It's so integral. I don't, you know- I don't think I would be here doing exactly what I'm doing if it wasn't for her. She was a piece. She was an integral piece of a very uh, transformative time in in my life. And it started with her. I was on Long Island and I don't remember who, but somebody started bringing, maybe it was my trainer, started bringing her out. And as usual, probably with like a problem horse or a horse that had an issue that no one could solve. And at this point in my life, like I had never even had body work done on myself. I was pretty like just straightforward. And so here is this woman doing, you know, acupuncture and chiropractic. It's like, yeah, yeah. Does that really work? You know, <laughs> it was my feeling at the time. And then like, she threw you up against the wall and adjusted. Right, no. But I mean, she kept coming back and I was I always had a couple horses, whether they were um, training horses or mine. And, and the bottom line was I saw the results. Yeah. I saw the results. And I remember one point, she and you know she would give me all the lectures and yell at me for the horse's feet and I'm going that's what the farrier does you know <laughs> but she was she was doing some craniosacral so she's standing up on this block and she had her one hand near the withers one hand on the sacrum and we're just talking the horse is standing there and I'm thinking she's not really doing anything why is she not doing anything <laughs> and then because what you had said like um, predictable responses. Right. So then she went, she was just talking, we're having a conversation. Then she went, wait, 
There it goes. And then the horse stretched, shook its head, yawned, dropped its neck. And I went, what just happened? Like she felt some, I mean, of course, now I understand and I have experienced craniosacral. She wasn't doing nothing. She was not doing nothing. So, but this was my like, you know, first, you know, she was my first picture of like anything in the like alternative medicine, you know, and then a veterinary medicine on that. So I was like, wait a minute. And then of course the horse over time really improved. And then, um, then it it came to be, I had a, a horse that was willed to me and he had a lot of soundness problems. His feet were horrible. Even I knew his feet were horrible at the time. And I would bring him to every farrier at every top show and go, could you look at this horse's feet? And they would look at me and go, he has terrible feet. Your fairy is doing the best that can be done. Right. And then Judith would yell at me, but everything she said sounded so extreme. And I was like, you know, we're kind of keeping them patched together. So I'm just not going to change that. That's scary. And she would come back and treat him and yell at me about his feet until finally he was completely lame as the stories go. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and Judith said, would you send them to me? And I went, yes, because really right now, right. there's no alternative. He'll be put down. I mean, his so a little backstory on this is that Judith used to be engaged to Rob Sikafus, who is the farrier at New Bolton Center. Oh. And because she was so good at handling horses, she became kind of part of the farrier team there. And she is a damn good shoer and trimmer. And can do oh. all the stuff. So she's not just looking in the feet, say your feet are crap. She can no. take the shoes off, trim the feet, put yeah. the horse back together. And she did. And so I, I brought him down there and she worked with the farrier she was working with. I mean, we x-rayed him, shot him, re-x-rayed him, got the breakover. I mean, it was insane. And, you know, I come back every couple of weeks and month and a half, this, this completely dead lame, like only alternative is to put him down was, you know, trotting through the field when I came to get him. So that was the horse that I first started doing more natural horsemanship with more partnership. She, she, and I will never look at hooves again. You know, that was the, I, I could see what they were before. I could see how they could change fast. I could see what it did with his body and you cannot unsee that. You absolutely cannot unsee that. And and then, of course, you know, I'm just bringing horses as much as I could. It was a four and a half hour drive from where I was to get from Long Island to Pennsylvania. I did it multiple times. Wow. Wow. She just, there's nobody, there's nobody like that. And so, and of course you get, you know, get an earful when you're with her because she's so generous with her information and the teeth and the feet and, you know, everything you said, the teeth, the feet, get the pole, and then the body works, you know, can settle itself within there so much. So anyway, I, I feel really fortunate to have found and experienced Judith. And she, what she did for that horse was just integral and transformational for me and like opened up a whole, a whole world. So when, when you contacted me and I saw you and I was like, Judith, Yes, I have to be part of helping you get this word out. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. 
So now you've heard me rave about the Video Classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls, and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. You know, you've been in the horse world forever, whether as a trainer or a hoof care professional or a body worker, and you've learned a lot of stuff but it tends to be like in different compartments. Mm-hmm. And what postural rehab does is it makes it all make sense as one integrated whole. Yeah. So it's no longer trying to, oh, if I remember this and I remember that, oh yeah, this technique does this. It's like everything's together and you know what you need. And the answer is always going to be the same. Get the horse standing up straight. Mm-hmm. No matter what's wrong with the horse, if the horse can generate a neutral posture, they are going to heal and get better. Yeah. And you talk a lot on the, in the information about the course about, you know, we, we all have one thing that we're dealing with, which is gravity. Yes. (laughs) And so, you know, and on the pages, which we'll send the link to, you know, there's some just really great images of horses standing, you know, vertical legs versus not vertical legs. So what are, what are some nutshells of, just things about how to what to, to possibly look for in your horse that that might tell people that they need some postural rehabilitation because sometimes horses are like they're sound. I'll put that in air quotes for those of you who can't see it. You know they're sound, but they're not quite right. And you know when you look at a horse standing still with this kind of information, I'm sure you're seeing so many different things. You're seeing it's possible to see unsoundness before there's a limp. Or there's a, you know, right. the other end of the problem. So, just by know, looking kind of at like that. The, the real background to this is that our modern horses, they're not pulling a cart all day. They are not walking 25 miles to get water every day. They are standing in a field or standing in a stall for 22, maybe 23 hours a day. Lie down for 45 minutes of sleep and maybe working for an hour. So the exception might be, you know, if you have an endurance horse or competitive trail horse, you ride for a little longer. But most of what they're doing all day long is standing and eating, standing and sleeping, standing and socializing. They're standing, right? So what's going to be more influence on their body structures? The 40 minutes that you're going around an arena or going over a couple of jumps or what they're doing for 22 hours a day? So when we look at a horse's default posture, it's not necessarily what you're going to see in a stall 
or what they're doing in the aisle way because there's other stuff going on. But if the horse is out in a field and the field is level, you can get a pretty good picture because you're not interacting with them and influencing them with whatever your relationship with the horse is. So when evaluating posture, the easiest way is from the side. So in vet speak, that's a lateral view. So you look at the side of the horse and you want to have no human influencing the horse. So like if you have somebody leading the horse, just keep them on a really loose rein, let them come to a stop naturally. And then you look at what they're doing when they're standing still. So a normal neutral posture is standing like a table with their legs vertical. An abnormal compensatory posture, the one that we see the most And again, this is the entire subject matter of the course, which is what is it about living with humans that screws up horses in this one particular way? And you kind of alluded to it earlier with the feet. So there are distortions in the feet, which are the ground contact, in the dentition, which uh, inform the brain about gravity and other things. And in the way they carry their head, neck, and back relationship, All of those things inform posture. Being around humans creates systematic distortions in those things. So we very commonly see what we call the goat on a rock posture. Uh, we've taught quite a bit in Denmark, and in Denmark, they call that an elephant on a ball. <laughs> <laughs> that works. <laughs> so if you can imagine an elephant on a ball, you see that the legs are canted in underneath the body, instead of being vertical. So you can design a table where the legs go inward rather than go straight up and down, but you're gonna need to account for that in some way. You're gonna need to give cer certain kinds of support to counteract the bending moment that's gonna happen if the legs aren't going in compression to the ground. So it's harder work to stand canted in than it is to stand with your legs perpendicular to the ground. And we actually published a manuscript last year in a peer-reviewed journal that proves this in a mathematical model, as well as our experimental research. So once you see the goat on a rock posture, this abnormal compensatory posture, unfortunately you can't unsee it. As you were saying, previously. So you're going to start looking at the horses in the field as you drive by at 70 miles an hour and saying, oh, yeah, that horse could use some help. Mm -hmm. Because these horses all have their front legs behind the vertical and their back legs in front of the vertical. And that almost every common lameness, every common lameness that we treat in horses comes from standing around in a canted in posture. Navicular problems, Uh, sensorialism and dysmitis, tendon issues, back pain, uh, pelvic problems, all of these things can trace back to the abnormal compensatory posture. So when you restore the horse's neutral posture, you fix all of those problems. So you said that in that, in that posture, it's harder work. So There's more neuromuscular effort yeah, required it, to stabilize the horse with a canted in posture than with a vertical or splayed out posture. Yeah, it makes sense. My question is, why are they doing it? Is it that they have no other, like, 
Because you'd think if it was more work, they would choose something else. So there's something else going on that's making... posture is um, not consciously chosen for the most part. And it comes out of just thousands and thousands of inputs from the nervous system. There are certain systematic things about being a horse that lives with humans that get screwed up. One of them is toes. Their, Their hooves get too long. And with dogs, it's long toenails. And another is their dentition. So these distortions of their structures lead to distortions of their posture. So their brain thinks that they're doing something that is actually different because the structures that report on these things have gotten distorted. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So yeah, so the hence the, the feet and then the teeth. So how is the TMJ involved in so you know, as you're as we're sitting here, um, anybody who's listening can feel this in themselves. If you're not actually talking, your jaw is kind of at rest. So it kind of like hangs a little bit loosely in your mouth. The TMJ directly reports to the postural center of the brain at three different levels because the jaw and the TMJ joint is intimately connected with the skull. So it makes sense that the system would be designed to keep the skull from coming to unfortunate contact with the planet, as an Alexander teacher once described it. So if you can keep track of where the jaw is, that will let you know that you have a body support underneath your head. So as you're sitting here, if you move your jaw to the side, let's say all the way to the right, like that, you will feel your weight shift Mm. in your chair because your body is keeping your weight below your skull so that your brain is supported. And the same thing goes with front to back. If you stick your jaw all the way out like that, you're going to tip forward. Yeah, I can feel that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So this is one of the, the things that just feels so like, oh my God, I never even thought of that about the work that we do. And so the levelness this, of the the you know leveling and balancing the incisors, right. so that there's that levelness too. I've seen that make huge there's side effects. to side and front to back. And one of the things that I'm sure you heard Judith talk about many times is the trapezoidal distortion in the body. So you have the horse with a diagonal pattern in his incisors, and he's got an up foot and a down foot, mm-hmm. and the whole body is twisted to compensate for them. So this course, this course that's starting in January, um, starts on January 28th, is for equine professionals. So we're making it open to professionals of all kinds. If you make your living working with horses, you are welcome in this course. Now, we're also going to have a course for horse owners and dog owners, and that hopefully will be later this year. And we're going to try to make that a little less technical language so that you don't get jargoned away from understanding what we're talking about. That sounds so cool. And there's there's um a lot to this course. It's not just like here's a blap of information. I mean, can you talk a little bit more about what's included in it? Because there's there's a lot of support. Yes. Um, yes. So so online education really what came into its own during the pandemic because we had to. And yeah. um like for instance, Liz, who's part of our teaching team, her work is all hands-on. She's there putting hands on people, 
you know, helping them with the experience and all that. And she teaches at two uh, conservatories. So she's at Bard College Music Conservatory and at the Neighborhood Playhouse in New York City. And suddenly she could not get in and touch her students. So she had to figure out how to teach online. And, you know, it's pretty crazy. So this course is going to have um, as our in live in real life, as we say, our in real life course had three principal components, the conceptual, the practical, and the experiential. So in that triad, I teach the conceptual, Judith teaches the practical, and Liz teaches the experiential. So because we can't all be in the same room and reach people all over the world online, we're separating them out instead of teaching them all in the same room now. So I will be recording the lectures that will have the conceptual content. Then each week we have a different topic that we cover. So like the first week is kind of a, an introduction to posture. The second week is posture in the brain. Third week is spinal support and so forth. So Liz will start the week doing a workshop for people to experience in their bodies what it is that we're talking about. People will be watching the videos on demand so that they're taking in the content. And Judith is going to have a Tuesday evening session where she will go through the lecture material and explain the practical applications of the lecture material. Then on Fridays, we're going to have a question and answer session. So if you can be there, that's great. If you can't, you can add your questions to the private Facebook group or email us directly and we'll answer the questions in the live session. All of the sessions will be recorded. So even if none of the times are convenient for your work and your life and your time zone, you can still access them and see them in real time and be able to interact with the instructors in the private Facebook group. It's really well thought out to offer all, you know, the, I think between the three of you, each having this other perspective and the ways to learn. You can just hear the lecture, you can understand how to practically apply it and then experience. I think it's really brilliant. I was so grateful that I had started my online teaching back in 2010. Wow. So when the pandemic hit, I was like, I'm good. You know, I didn't miss a beat. <laughs> my first online course was in 2013. But um, one one thing that I've seen lots of people do is they just video stuff and put it out there. And there's a whole art to teaching online. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I love that you, it feels like you guys have really thought about that of not just here's a whole bunch of information, good luck out there. But I love how you've set that up um, to help people actually learn and apply right. it. I mean, it's and, so and we, robust. We really try to, um, you know, have the, the, the way that the material is presented to lead you logically from one place to the next. Um, you know, the only downside of doing this, of course, is that we're not there live with the horses. Mm -hmm. um, I am hoping to arrange to get some videos done down at Judith's. She has a trip to Florida planned, and I'm not sure what the dates are. I think she's not sure either. But Ooh, where in Florida? I, I can stalk her. going to Wellington. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, this is one of these things where, you know, it's all chaos until she drives away. Um, I know. <laughs> so uh, what we want to do is we want to film the um, exercises that she's taught you. You're sure you remember them. The stuff that you do with the horse that you can help them, you know, along in their way. And um, 
maybe film, you know, some of her examinations, like the examination of the mouth and things like that. And we've filmed this stuff a lot before, but not with professional equipment, with professional lighting. And my son is a filmmaker, so I think that I can easily suborn him to uh, taking a trip down to Judith's and do this stuff and bring what's needed. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, so we'll put the link to um, where people can learn more. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, you can also go to dressagenaturally.net slash posture course, and that'll bring um, you put together a video that kind of explains a little bit yeah, more yeah, about what's going on. That explains the course and a little bit about the posture concept and why it is so significant for the horses in your life. Yeah. And uh, full disclosure, I made myself an affiliate for this. And that's just because I'm so excited to see, um, you know, knowing Judith to see what she's, you know, can offer put out there. And um, I'm really grateful for that opportunity. So and I hope uh, you'll be part of the course too. I yeah, I am like scrambling because I looked at the dates. I'm like, I can do this. I can make time. So yeah, I would I would love to, you know, it's just, I learned so much just by the interactions I had with Judith and the horses and, and to, it's been a long time since then. So I'm, I really am looking forward to diving in. Yeah. I'm going to do what I can to be there and uh, learn, learn more because I'm looking at my horses every day and, you know, I'm so interested in, in the posture and for, as a trainer, you know, there's only certain, th there's certain things that I can do, um, but I can put together my team and, you know, in my, in what I do, it, the, the posture and the movement comes so much from making sure that the horse um, is feeling safe, feeling relaxed, you know, all these things that I've, I've seen, you know, you say it, what they're doing in the other 22 hours is so important, but never underestimate the power of a really bad trainer, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, to put the some posture and the emotional regulation are so tightly involved. Exactly. Well. And, and, and how many people end up with horses who essentially have PTSD. I mean, you, exactly. you, you get a horse coming into your life for a reason. And very often you're dealing with remediating some very serious emotional abuse, um, physical abuse sometimes. I mean, I think that neglect is definitely a form of abuse. Mm -hmm. There's so many ways in which our horses, um, they, they are so kind to us. We don't they are kind and they are forgiving, which is wonderful. But yeah, that to let let their let them be in an environment where they can let their defenses down right. and be open to it. And and in my experience and with my students, feedback when they work with practitioners is the adjustments go in and stay in because the horses are open and they're not fighting it so much or they're not in those um habits of contraction and that it it's going to take it takes a village but the the totally. partnership the relationship and helping a horse be free enough to explore their own movement patterns and not be forced there in a shape because of what some human decided it looked like or which hole on the side reins they thought it needed to be on oh my god give them that freedom and so what i do i feel like complements what you're trying to do and it all dovetails dovetails together but you know if the feet aren't good if the teeth it's it's everything and uh, it's everything it's a wonderful it's it's a complex system we uh we i think we attract the people who feel that way 
mm-hmm. who have a um, a really high priority for the well-being of the horse. Okay. That, you know, the people who come to us and who are part of our world, they're not necessarily high-level comp- competitors because the people who come to us are the ones where the horse's welfare is the utmost priority, and they will do anything to make the horse well and happy. So we have a really fantastic group of people signed up already, and it's so exciting to see it come together. It's so cool. So yeah, dressagenaturally.net slash posture course to get to the postural rehabilitation um, information and get everything you need to know to, to find this. It's um it's right now for practitioners and trainers, for professionals. Um, stay tuned for future courses for owners. Um, but it's starting soon. So if you're listening to this podcast when it first comes out, like hurry, don't delay because the right. course starts on the 28th. But yes, I think there's the even some is over Sunday night at midnight, the okay. 21st. So Sunday night at midnight, enrollment is closed. So if you're just hearing about it for the first time, I'm sorry. We did our best to get the word. <laughs> we did our best. That's why I'm like, I'm like, I literally was like emailing with Karen yesterday. I'm like, can you do a podcast tonight? Can you do it tomorrow? Like, so we really threw this together. But you know, hey, if it's only one person who gets this on this time around, um, but let's do it. Just don't procrastinate, and yeah. Uh, yeah. and then just stay in touch with them, and then you'll be able to let them know when another one comes around. Yeah. So we're going to. Um... There's a, there's a wait list to get on for the um, the other course. So if you go to, we have a Facebook page, Postural Rehabilitation for Horses and Dogs, and um, you can find out how to get on the wait list there. And, and um, we'll probably do the professional course again next winter. And I'm hoping that we can do the horse owner course maybe in the fall. Awesome. Well, Karen, thank you so much. For hustling and getting we can two busy people found a time that <laughs> we were both available. I'm impressed. Um, super, super cool to hear what you guys are doing. It really sounds like a very powerful team and such important information. And uh yeah, thank you for sharing this um with my podcast people. It's my pleasure. It's so great to meet you. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.